I charge a car? Can I charge it in the rain? How far can I drive? Electric car? What's a power grid? Is V2G possible? What is V2G? Do I get free parking for my EV? Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Electric Avenue, a podcast about the electric mobility revolution and the new energy economy as seen from out here in Central and Eastern Europe. It's getting close to the end of the year, and I'm sure many people out there are stockpiling podcasts for listening to during the holidays. And in that vein, we have a special show for you today, a podcast that will, hopefully, be worth taking with you on your holiday, wherever it is you're going. We have gathered here with us today three different co-founders from Central and Eastern Europe of electric vehicle startups. And we really hope that the stories and experiences that they are going to share with you today will be really interesting and maybe inspiring and maybe even give you some things you can use in your daily lives or as you're thinking about your next venture. First of all, from Berlin, we have Artur Seitschow, who's the founder of EasyCharge.me and Many Things to Come. Hi, Artur. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. And from Ukraine, we have Lyubov Artemenko, who's the co-founder of GoToYou. Hi. Good morning, Lyubov. Good morning. And of course, here in the studio in Bratislava, we have my co-host, co-founder of Greenway, Peter Badik. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here again. We've all started electric vehicle charging infrastructure companies, different business models and different technologies. Each of you have your own value proposition. So please let our listeners know a little bit about the company you started. So Artur, how about you first? Um, I'm an investment banker. I'm a trader. I used to trade power in stocks um, for more than 10 years before I actually started EasyCharge. And the whole thing came kind of unexpectedly. But if I look back, I see how it was all aligning to come to this point. So I was a fan of Tesla, I think, starting from 2008, 2009. And uh, I was following Elon Musk after his PayPal success. And uh, I started to think how infrastructure could be done better to make chargers nicer and um, more accessible and better available for the cars. And then when um, E.ON at that time, where I was uh, working as a trader, announce uh, this entrepreneurial program where you can enter your idea or just tell your idea. And that's what I did. You know, the idea was, let's do a very unique and useful charging station, which will catch eyes of all the companies and customers and offer other products alongside with that. So that was the idea. And that's how the company was started. Okay. Now I've seen this hardware. Uh, I know others have. I watched the fully charged episode that you were featured on, but can you just briefly describe how it works, please? I have envisioned a sitting charging station where, you know, instead of putting on the wall or on the ground, we just replace the existing lamp with this sitting charging station, which has the lamp inside the LED lamp. And also it has a rotatable arm where you can just pull the arm down um, rotated 180 degrees uh, from one side to another and then charge and when you're done you just put the arm back up and basically have a lamp on the ceiling and nobody even knows or can uh, you know it's it's not destructing the whole garage environment it addresses several key things one of those is there are many garages where you have big amount or huge vast amount of uh, free space without any walls and even without columns and there are people who are parking in between and in the middle of those spaces. And if they have electric car, they have zero chance to have a charging station. And this problem is growing um, because the number of garages was growing rapidly. 
um, they were becoming bigger and those big aisles of um, non-existent walls um, was becoming a problem. So this is one thing. Another, of course, is I want the charging station to actually look nice because all those cars, you know, are kind of nice and beautiful. And I said, having boxes next to those nice cars just doesn't make sense. So yeah, we wanted to design something nice. Okay, last question right now. And then Lyubov, we're coming to you next. So get ready. Artur, did you have a technology background? Or if not, how did you, you know, come up with the idea, the technology itself, like what went into the casing? How did you figure that out and build that prototype? <laughs> that was, no, I didn't have any um, technology background. As I said, I'm an investment banker. I'm a financial guy. So um, I was as far from technology and electrical engineering as you can imagine. But I had this vision when I started the company, I had to figure out all those things. So I had to find right people, right partners. I heard many no's in the beginning. I heard from many engineers, I think from 95%, I heard that it will not work. It is impossible to do. It's impossible to build because of this and that. But um, eventually, the product is here and um, it's usable and it's fully working. So um, you see, everything is possible if you're persistent. Okay, thank you. Lyubov, tell us a little bit about GoToYou and the business model. Hello, thank you for the invitation. So it all goes back to 2000. 14, uh, I believe, when me and my co-founders first brought the Tesla Model S to Ukraine. And of course, there was no reliable infrastructure. In fact, there was no infrastructure at all for the charging uh, electric cars. So we decided to change it. GoToYou is solving the problem of the driver's range anxieties. But from the other hand, we also see that lots and lots of businesses are installing charging stations on the side these days. So we, as the web platform, we connect the drivers of electric cars and eco-friendly businesses. And at the same time, our SaaS helps businesses to have the direct channel of communication with the drivers. So our solution is both the mobile app and the sauce for the businesses. I have the app on my phone and I'm looking forward to using it on a future drive through Poland, Ukraine or Georgia, Kazakhstan or one of the many other countries in which GoToYou operates. But how did you have the idea to do that? Yeah, so the idea was simple that we really wanted to travel with the electric car and that was really impossible to do because you know, this terrible feeling uh, when you are on the road and you have uh, mobile apps which show you where the charging stations are, but you never know if the charging station is actually uh, occupied or it will be occupied in the next five minutes. And even if you happen to, to use the mobile apps which show you the status of the charging station, uh, free or uh, occupied, you, 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 never, you can actually never count on, on on this process like uh, why would would I make all my trip to uh, a specific hotel uh, if the moment I come there uh, someone other guests can actually come and, and take my charging spots. So that was a terrible, terrible range anxiety. This this pain that we felt ourselves traveling, not only in Ukraine, but also all around the Europe. Uh, so, so we really, uh, really wanted to tackle this problem. That's why we came up with uh, these booking features. And another thing is that you also don't want to lose the opportunities which the places can bring you. So uh, another important step for 
was was to uh, enable the drivers to book the services at the charging spot where they were going. So that was the pain that we wanted to solve for ourselves. I was going to say, there's nothing like being the customer of your own product and solving an issue that you identified in your own life that needs to be addressed and then going forward and solving it. Peter. I want to come to you now. Listeners of our podcast are probably a bit more familiar with Greenway, hopefully. And I know Greenway's business model has evolved quite a bit over the, what now, eight years that Greenway has been in operation. But please tell us a little bit more about Greenway infrastructure uh, and the business model. Yes, it's evolved, as you said. At the very beginning, we identify the electromobility as a something which is extremely interesting in, uh, going forward. And uh, for me, it was absolutely clear that we are talking on absolutely dramatic change in many, many uh, industries, energy, automotive, IT. So therefore, at the very beginning, we had just just a feeling, okay, we want to be a part of it. We want to be part of this uh, dramatic change, which uh, will uh, eventually make us rich people. But on the other side as well, we're going to change the world. That was the initial idea. So we're trying to find out what we can really do. What is the biggest bottleneck? And we started with a range of electric vehicles. We had uh, focused on delivery vans and driving a lot of kilometers. And we uh, tried to rebuild from traditional combustion engine vans to the electric ones. So many things, tries and so on and so forth. But then in a certain point in time, we realized that probably one of the biggest bottleneck in electromobility is the charging infrastructure. And as we went into it and as we start thinking about this business, I eventually found that it's extremely complex. If you think about all the things around that which is there. For me, it was a great challenge. If you want to make a charging a good experience, a nice experience, it cannot be only about a large number of chargers everywhere, but as well about how they are managed, how the people can use them, and what's the user experience with your charging. And we started from in Slovakia, small uh, building first, the nationwide network uh, all around. So people were able to, for the first time, travel around the country. Then we uh, understood that we need to add more, uh, let's say, intelligence into the network. So we interconnect everything with the IT system. Then we try one backend system, which didn't work. Then we try another one, which was much better. And then there was a lot of tries and improvements, and it's still continuing. We're still trying to get better because there is a long, long, long way in front of us. I'm sure we'll have to solve a lot of issues. But uh, I'm really looking for that. Yeah, I enjoy working with you on these challenges as well. All right, everyone, there is a lot left to cover and we don't have a ton of time. So I'm going to ask you to sort of treat the next series of questions as like a speed round. We want this to be useful for people who are thinking about their own startup and how to address problems that they see, especially in the clean tech industry. So after you had your idea or after you say kind of cross that first hurdle, Artur, in your case, after winning the NG competition, what are the next three concrete steps you took to launch Easy Charge Me? Um, first of all, of course, um, identifying the kind of environment where I would work. You mean like the physical office space or the say, market sector? Physical office space inside E.ON, legal things like uh, what are kind of the rules and limitations and things like that. And then, of course, how would I build the product? What is needed to be done to build the actual physical product? So I started to speak to engineers, designers, and that's when I heard a lot of no's in the beginning, that it's impossible. And, you know, I had to be patient. And of course, it's a lot of ups and downs uh, because you put a lot of belief in your product um, and your company is basically um, reliant on this product. And if someone says it's not possible to do, then basically your whole idea is dead. You have to be very realistic and you have to say, you know, it's very easy to get in love with your idea, but you also have to say, okay, is that the moment to pivot? Um, 
do I need to stay confident in what I envisioned? But, you know, for me, it was just common sense. I said, look, if, you know, if someone can put the rocket to the moon and come back, uh, I think we can figure out how to make charger with a movable arm, you know? So um, that was kind of my, my common sense. And um, I was persistent and I pushed uh, forward. And eventually I found uh, great engineers and industrial designers. Within several months, we were brainstorming and we were building, you know, the first alpha prototype and then the next one and the next one. And eventually that was the finished product, you know. Were you taking a salary or able to support yourself during this early phase? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. So the, <laughs> the idea is that I got a budget. Um, I had to create the product and the business and pay myself out of that limited budget. Great, that was wonderful support to have. Lyubov, what about you? What were the first three concrete steps that you and your colleagues took when you had your idea and saw the problem you wanted to solve? First, we had lots of interviews. Uh, we really wanted to build the product that would solve the problems of the real people. So first thing was, yeah, lots of interviews with the EV drivers, with business owners. Then we built basically very fast the app and the first version of our SaaS and uh, then it was relatively easy we had to find uh, our first customers and these customers were say businesses where the chargers are located yeah so these were first of all uh, the businesses and then we just turned into ears <laughs> we were very carefully listening to their feedback and also we were all the time in a very uh, tight relations with the ev drivers who were using the app they were sharing their experience but then this feedback this was the most important for us peter what about you three concrete steps uh, well, maybe I will mention three uh, concrete decisions and important decisions on the road which bring us where we are at the moment. The first one was uh, our realization that uh, the charging infrastructure is a very complex business and that we needed to add the intelligence into the chargers. So previously we built uh, around the Slovakia let's say like 20 fast chargers and just having there. And then we understood, okay, that cannot be like this because people don't know where the charger is available. They are not able to check it. The second milestone is maybe interesting. It was that we decided to introduce a charging for charging. So basically the people had to pay. This seems to be quite common. We are a business, so we need to have revenues. But at that that time, uh, back in Eastern Europe, it was really, really something very new. All the charging infrastructure was basically for free. And immediately, you know, it makes a certain reaction, but it brings us a really a big amount of knowledge and uh, experience with the users. And maybe it was not so a popular step, but uh, it really brings us uh, to another level of providing our services. And the last one was the understanding that we need to scale up in order to provide uh, the best service. And then we scale up from uh, one country to another one. So from Slovakia to the Poland. Poland is a very big one, 40 million people comparing to 5 million in Slovakia. And then this was really another level where we moved. And it was like a three steps which uh, really defined how we do the business now. You're all at very different stages of your entrepreneurial journey and uh, companies are at different stages. Artur, you recently exited your company and I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk about that. Uh, uh, I mean, sure. Uh, you know, the, the learning I had is if you take investors on board and that is valid for every startup, uh, at any stage, I would say. You have to kind of carefully choose which one you take and also um, the terms uh, upon which this is, you know, this is being done. My relationship with the investor was naturally given because I was, you know, part of this big corporate entrepreneurial program where I had my company, I had my freedom, but on the other hand, kind of the control was uh, also in their hands and it's all fine and more or less you can overcome any hiccup and any problem. But when things change and 
it becomes more dramatic in the business, which happens in every startup, then of course, uh, things might become intense. And if you don't have perfect alignment in the strategic outlook with your investor, then things can become um, very difficult. So yeah, just take care that you choose the right people. And also you have a right, uh, correct legal paperwork. I know it sounds boring, but it becomes crucial in the end uh, or, you know, during the journey. So make sure that you understand um, what are your terms, uh, what are your possibilities, how to work out. We, for the easy charge, uh, kind of the strategic alignment was no longer there and um, it was a natural decision to do what I uh, did basically. It is in some kind of painful because, you know, it's a child. I created that product, I created that company. Uh, but on the other hand, I've tried almost everything and uh, things doesn't work, they don't work. So you have to move on and you have to move on to for the new challenges. Do you know what your next challenge is going to be? I do, I do. I didn't announce it yet. Maybe I can tease here. Please. Exclusively, maybe I can tease. Please, no, the Electric I'll, Avenue, I'll, you know, we like to be full I'll, of nuggets. I'll, <laughs> yes, I'll be, I'll be involved in virtual reality uh, business. I'll be creating virtual reality worlds. But um, yeah, it's very exciting. But I'll stay involved in electric mobility for sure. Super, Arthur. That's wonderful. Do you remember how we all met uh, planning for the EV conference in yeah. Poland in 2016? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Clean Technica and Zach and it was amazing uh, event. And it's just, you know, the journey um, with all the troubles, for example, in the end, um, if you would ask me, would you do it again? 100% yes, I would do it again. Because I learned so much and it gave me so much. And with all the negatives and positives, you just learn from it and you move forward, you know, more mature and you do new things. And hopefully you help also, you know, customers and people and business. And that's how I see it. And with that, I move forward. Super. Peter Luboff, this is going to be a sort of speed round again. So you had your ideas, your business was underway. Who helped you along the way? First of all, people who believed in the same vision, I think it was not Many of them, in fact, here in Central Eastern Europe, where you didn't have so many electric vehicles, so many, not so many enthusiasts, really, there was a handful of people who believe in electric mobility. But we were extremely lucky that we were in this environment. So we somehow stick together and help each other. Someone has the technical knowledge, someone has the knowledge about the financing, someone was able to support us financially, someone uh, give us another thing. And I remember very well uh, back in 2012, 2013, the electromobility all around Europe was an early stage. And uh, it was a very great time when you went into the conference somewhere to Berlin or to London and basically the same group of people were there. It was a kind of a community. So this community feeling and uh, that we are a group of people who wants to change the world uh, was very helpful. Uh, I absolutely agree with Peter. It's all about the community, community uh, that supports you, that understands and that has uh, the very same vision. And it's not only the community in Ukraine, but it's also on the international level. So uh, we really had lots of very productive talks and discussions. But for our startup, I think it was all about the team. Uh, we have a very strong team, people who stick together because we all are driven by the very same idea to help our planet. And uh, along this way, I think the competition of the 
Climate Launchpad uh, was really uh, a very big mark for us. In uh, 2017, uh, we were selected as top 10 green business ideas at the Climate Launchpad Global Grand Final. And that really helped us to project the vision globally. And since then, we really work uh, with different countries. We have now partners that's what uh, keeping us even very late hours uh, and wake up very early in the morning, mm -hmm. the idea and, and the support. Okay, Lubov, you said that uh, your team was very motivated, and I'm wondering if those are all employees of the company or if it's a broader team. Yes, of course, we have the employees, but when I say team, we are really a big group of people. Unfortunately, we still cannot employ everyone. We would love to. <laughs> and uh, we do work, uh, for example, with uh, amazing designers. We also have the sales uh, team, very, very enthusiastic people. But the core of our team stay together for all these years. So that's approximately 10 people. Yeah. And uh, we really rely a lot on our IT part of the team. So that leads me then to a question that any young entrepreneur is thinking about, which is how did you get your early funding? Uh, our story is probably a little bit different from the regular startups. We were not relying very much on the external investments. We were bootstrapping and then basically uh, developing uh, thanks to the paying customers. We want to have 10 great paying customers first before we go to any investor. Uh, so our site mm. was easy, <laughs> easy and, and very difficult at the same time, bootstrapping and relying on the paying customers. And these paying customers are businesses that were hosting chargers or were they, these are the ones that were buying chargers from you? Okay. Yes, the, the businesses who buy the charging stations and who are interested in our SaaS because all the charging inside the network is, is free of charge. We are not taking any money from the EV drivers directly. So it's all about working with the business uh, partners in particular, hotels, restaurants, cafes, but also we have great experience working with banks, cinemas, shopping malls. And Peter, what about you? I mean, uh, Greenways, again, I've been through many different iterations, but on the infrastructure business that was our primary focus now, where did the funding come from that? How did you get started? Well, very at the very beginning, we naturally put a lot of our own money. We are three founders, uh, myself and two of my friends. And two of us were engaged in the management of the company and one was engaged more in advisory and providing some kind of capital at the beginning. Then uh, we were able to tap some venture capital funding, which was a great experience because it gives us a certain framework where we need to work, you know, and uh, all of a sudden we need to fulfill the uh, shareholder agreement and, and all these things around that. Uh, naturally, the big help was as well from the grants which we were able to get from European Commission, which is quite natural in this business to help us to basically to grow the asset base to build more charges here in Slovakia and in Poland. And now we are moving farther in this funding issue and we are uh, getting some loan from European Investment Bank recently. And the business is naturally growing and that's uh, as well evolving the financial side. If you are looking to hire somebody or some person is looking to consider what degree to study in college or university, what education or experience or training are you looking for and do you think someone should prepare themselves for if they want to enter our uh, either the clean tech business or electric vehicle industry? Actually, we 
have a very complex business, so therefore we have very many positions. So I cannot say that we need IT guys, we need a technical guys, we need a sales guy, we need all of them. But what I think is the most important when I have uh, interviews with, uh, with new people, I'm always looking for some kind of a passion. So for me, it's very important that they understand which kind of company they are going to. What was the reason to choose really a Greenway? Because what I'm really proud of is a team of the people who follow the vision. And uh, that's really, I think, the biggest asset which we have in a company. Therefore, when the new person come in, I always ask him and trying to understand uh, if he's able to align with his vision. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, we've seen we have finance people, we have electricians, we have sales people, we have asset managers, we have accounting people, we have even IT, a, IT exactly, software developers of all kinds, and we have a you know communications marketing person such as myself. So clearly, the I guess what the what unites us all is that passion to be in this space and work toward these goals. Buff, what about you? What are you looking for, and what do you encourage people to study if they want to enter our industry? Here, I, I really have to fully agree with Peter and, and you. It's all about the passion. Me, myself, I have a, a PhD degree, but it's not in the engineering or IT. We have uh, specialists who have only BA uh, or also MBA. So it's all about the ideas that, that bring these people together. Fortunately, there, there are lots of enthusiasts these days and a great pool of young and very talented people. Okay, Staying with you, Lyubov. What are the coming trends that you see over the horizon? If someone's looking at entering this space or looking to start up something in the future, what areas of the industry should they be looking towards? We see huge trends in VR. Uh, We uh, see uh, huge opportunities uh, in machine learning and uh, AI. For example, for us, that's a part of of what we do uh, with GoTo. Peter, what about you? Well, in terms of charging, I think we will see the growth in a quantity. That's a huge topic that we need to go from several hundreds of charging points in to thousands and maybe at the end to the millions of charging points. Uh, and uh, as we said as well, the overall user experience with the using of charging is evolving. The technology is still in the very early stage. Uh, you need to understand the first fast charger was introduced back in like four years ago, and really the ultra-fast chargers, which is a big topic now, is here, are commercially available since last Christmas. So this is really evolving, and uh, so in the first stage, you want to have the technology on the ground, you want to have them working, then you start thinking about, okay, where are the problems, where are the small issues which uh, make it some discomfort to the people? And you try to address that. So I think uh, quantity and quality of the network, of charging network is evolving. Coming up on the holiday season, any last-minute gift suggestions for your EV-loving family and friends? You have to prepare well in advance <laughs> uh, because I, I would really love my EV friends to have a solar panel <laughs> if they don't have one yet. <laughs> it's not the very last-minute present, <laughs> uh, but uh, I really think that coming back to this holistic approach and, uh, and the long-term vision, that I would love my friends to get off the grid uh, <laughs> together with a solar panel and a home charging. All right. Well, if I want to become much better friends with you then and uh, hope that you give me a wall box and a solar panel in one of these years. <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> one day. Yeah, exactly. Good. I look forward to that day. Artur. I'd recommend the book from Tony Seba, which is called uh, Clean Disruption. He travels the world and speaks about how everything will change. We have coming electric vehicles, autonomous driving, solar power, 
how all that will disrupt um, the world and the business, not from ecological standpoint, but just from the standpoint of technology, right. why that. electric cars are better. So yeah, there's a book, I think it's 15 euros on Amazon, Clean Disruption from Tony Seba. Go grab it and listen to his talks on YouTube. Peter, what about you? I think the best uh, gift for EV loving person is another EV loving person. So oh. <laughs> that's the... Uh, so if you can give a drive to someone who didn't try the electromobility yet, uh, organize it for him. And uh, I'm sure that if someone tried, they will be convinced. And that's the best thing you can do, I think, it is during this Christmas. Wow, that is a wonderful, wonderful idea. And even if you can't do it yourselves, you can always help someone rent uh, an EV from their nearest dealer and let them go for a weekend, something like that. Uh, my idea, maybe a little smaller, maybe a little more last minute if you need to buy something, is gloves with the smartphone-capable fingertips. Because who hasn't had the experience of being out in the cold uh, at a charging station having to register and then activate the charger through the app? So that's my idea. Well, that was fun. Thank you, Luboff. Thank you, Artur. And thank you, Peter. And thank you, listeners, for your patience. We have guests calling in from Berlin and from Ukraine, which allowed us to get a nice array of perspectives from Central and Eastern Europe. But as a result, we had some technical problems, which might have made some of the listening a little bit harder to follow. Anyway, thank you for your patience. And that's just what happens sometimes when you have people calling in from all over to share their perspectives. Listeners, we really hope that this show was interesting to you. Let us know what you thought of it, please. You can reach us at my email, aaron.fishbone at greenwaynetwork.com. Tweet at us at gwoperator.com or find us on greenwaynetwork.com slash electric avenue and also on Facebook at Electric Avenue Podcast. And feel free to let us know ideas and topics for future episodes, also guests, because we really want the show to be interesting to you. And finally, thank you to our wonderful producer, Katarina Richterova, for producing this podcast, for helping us, for being a guide along the way. Listeners, have an absolutely wonderful holiday, and we wish you many safe electric kilometers left in 2018, and see you again in 2019.